Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Venus and Mars podcast. You've got Anya Shack here. And today we're getting into the heart and mind of a Marine veteran who found his purpose, and he's now supporting young men and teens and finding theirs. This matters a lot to me, and I can't wait to introduce him. But first, why does this matter? So my true north for this podcast, Venus and Mars, in my life, in the world, is when the masculine and feminine collaborate in harmony wholeheartedly. And so many of our ancestors understood this. They lived this way for centuries and centuries. Think the Egyptians, think tribal societies in the Americas, until it was broken. And it's been broken for a long time. And we feel this, men and women, we feel this break. And today we're in the midst of a really beautiful awakening where I do believe that we're doing so much work to come back into harmony. And so while we're in the midst of this awakening, we carry a lot of shame, men and women, and we've been able to express the shame of the feminine in a very big way over the past few decades. But I believe that there's been a gap. And really, my intention and my purpose is to help everyone see that we've got to learn to understand the pain of men. The pain of men is important, and it's been bottled up both by men themselves and by women too. So the only way we'll heal is to understand men, understand their wounds, welcome them with open arms, help them heal as they're healing themselves by doing one very simple thing, just loving them through it. And in order to do that, we've got to get into the hearts and minds of what matters to men, what's happening with men, what matters to boys, what do they need? (laughs) And I cannot imagine a better person to be here with me and talk about this topic than this man right here, Mike Danson. So he's a United States Marine Corvette. He became a a coach for young men and teens with Uncivilized Nation. Uncivilized Nation is a men's group that's dedicated to ending the suffering in men and the suffering caused by men. So Mike is dedicated to brotherhood because he believes that brotherhood will help us heal that pain, both for men and for women too. So we can change the world of men, and change the world of harmony. So, Mike, welcome. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that intro, and I appreciate your like Sylvia. Um, what's your intentions and what you have going on here? I love it. I love that. Well, thank you for being here, and I think I'm just so excited to get your perspectives on so many things. I love that that's your Instagram handle, Mike Perspectives. So, <laughs> number one, let's just jump in. This is a fun pre-question I've done with with some of my guests, especially those of the opposite sex. Before we dive in, what is your favorite thing about women? I would honestly, like, that's a great question because, like, the very first thing that jumps, so I'm just going to go for it, is when they light up a room. And uh, we've talked about that before. It's that it has nothing, like, contributing factors or looks or, energy, you know, looks or laughter, etc., Man, if they are feeling themselves in that moment, they go in and they just, they just are a powerful blast of full on feminine, full on just, I am here to make the world brighter because I exist. Mm. And you can't help but just take, get a tan off of it. It's like, this is the best day. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Can you try to explain what does that do for you as a man? I think that the best way to explain it is like two part one it'd be like fine like walking into oz so being like 
being Dorothy when they, you know, the, the traditional Dorothy when it's all black and white and they switch over into Oz and it's all brightly colored. Um, like life just gets more, like more brighter and more exciting. Like you hear more, you see more, you feel more. And then on the other end of it too, when that energy is pointed directly at you, like myself, having that energy point at me, like, oh my God, like that's what you're doing and stuff. Then it's just, man, everything that I am doing just became a hundred times more important to me. Like I could clear that problem. I can jump that mountain. I can climb that hill. Like, it's just like, yeah, absolutely. You know, just feeling that energy, like pointed directly at me. It's like, I'm a, I'm a plant. The sun just came out just for me. It's like, oh yeah, I'm going to crush it. You guys I have my jaw dropped right now because that is so beautiful. It makes everything you're doing that much more important. Wow. Everyone listening, take that in because I think it's a very important cycle of harmony that happens when we can, the more we light up, the more we light someone else up and it comes right back to us. So awesome. Mike, let's dive in. I want to talk about this dichotomy of a man. I love the title of this episode, which is The Marine and the Magician, because it plays off of this idea of two out of the four archetypes in the male embodiment, right? There's king, lover, magician, and warrior. And so when I say warrior, I say the marine. But can you dive into what this tension point is between the warrior and the magician? Ah, absolutely. Um, for me personally, I like to speak on myself on that one. There is the dichotomy for me of trying to embrace one or the other more and thinking that like, if, if there's only, at first it was that belief that there was a season for each one. So all oh, my time as an active duty Marine, I'll always be a Marine. My time as an active duty Marine is past. It's time to let down that, that mantle, let down that title and take none of that with me and fully embrace magician. And then there was that time when I was embracing magician was ignoring that. And so like, uh, so the men's group I'm part of, uh, man uncivilized, they have, we have a very simple paradigm, which is the divine and primal to release my warrior to say, Hey, I'm done with you. Instead of giving him another task is to ignore my primal to go full nice guy. Um, and to embrace that divine. And so it's almost like if you pick one or the other, either you're spending so much time in the muck, as the warrior spending so much time on the ground, pounding through getting what needs to be done that you don't stop and notice what color the ground is. And then on the divine side of the magician side, you spend so much time ethereal, um, transcendent, you know, exposing yourself to true universal bliss that you forget you're supposed you're still here on the human experience. You're still supposed to serve. You're still of service to the world by every interaction. Um, one of the groups I went to, it's an amazing thing called Boulder Crest. They were like the veteran interacts with like over 500 people in their lifetime. So if you don't, if you're just aloof and you're in the bliss and light and love and just staying up there with no connection to your warrior, to who you are as well, all those people don't meet you. You're not on the ground. You're floating by them as you walk. So they don't even get an opportunity to see that it is possible to be both. So the mm -hmm. dichotomy is being able to pull that divine learning, that divine wisdom. And okay, how do I apply that? 
How am I a bridge? How can I walk up to someone that's deep in their holes, deep in their pain, truly in that hole and say, Hey man, I've been here before. I know the way out. Come on. I have some cool ideas we can try and I'll have your back while we do it. Mm, So beautifully described. Would you mind just bird's eye view for a second and explain what the warrior means to you and what the magician means to you? Just generally, what are these archetypes? Um, High level. It's difficult. I love drawing down the rabbit hole for each one. (laughs) Uh, So high level warrior for me is someone who is fully in their prime. He has objections. Um, he or she, the warrior, the, the warrior embodies that get shit done. Mm. The focus, the drive, the pain is part of the process. Emotions slow down the process. Mm. Like focus, get it done. He is your protector, your bodyguard, your charging forward, your creativity in one. Like he is your creativity in motion. Mm. I want to be a business owner. Cool. I will work the next 72 hours straight at creating this website. He gets the rest of you to move or attacks that, which is stopping. Essentially, if this man has wounds that he hasn't dealt with, then he'll be like warrior, 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 but not understanding why it's not working because he needed to access the other, which is. Yeah. Which is the, for me is like you said, the magician, the magician is the one that, contemplates that pauses that the finds himself lost in nature for three days asking what is what is that pain from childhood Mm. where did it come from so yeah the magician is the one that's willing to ponder to sit to recognize to be in content uh to be in quiet contemplation and then take in new information not be challenged by it the excitement of knowledge is the most powerful tool For the warrior, the most powerful tool is forward momentum. And for the magician, the most powerful tool is knowledge and perspective. Man, I can just feel in the ether men that are not in touch with their warrior and they're just like floating, how unsafe and unattractive and empty it feels for women. Like we don't have you on the ground. Yeah. One of your uh, earlier podcasts, uh, I was listening to them earlier. Um, he was talking about that uh, having knowledge, not embodying knowledge. So mm. like true embodiment is the wizard giving that knowledge to the warrior so he can move with it. So like the wizards over there or the magician and like, that's the nice guy. That's the uh, spiritual bypass. That's the guy. It's like, I know it. So therefore I know it. <laughs> therefore it is. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, when have you used it? Yeah. Oh, never. I love you talking about the warrior in general and how it seems that this archetype should be honored and brought out of men since they're boys, right? So talk to me about what is it that boys want that you think they're not getting right now? So I've seen two different things. And it's very similar because I work simultaneously with boys with young men at this, while I'm also working with adult men. Mm. So I'm seeing the overcorrection and the curiosity at the same time. And so with uh, the young men, there is this, I want to be this man. I want to be what I model. I see this, I want it. I don't know how to get there. Or it's, I'm just sick of feeling X. 
what's the this? Like, what's the this? What kind of man? Um, so like for a couple of them has been like they want to be more rigid, more profound, more warrior. Um, the are like the old paradigm. They want to be more marble. Okay. Um, they want to show up, you know, that's the, the Clint Eastwood John um, in our conversation. Cause it showed how old I was. Uh, it got to the point where like, I had to like start pulling from it. And uh, so we got to like John Wicks. So like, that was the one that bridged the gap between our age groups. Um, <laughs> so like, they were like, yeah, we want to be John Wick. It's like, oh. okay. Cause to them, that was a man um, because he is dangerous. Absolutely. Right. He is absolutely dangerous however he's not a danger right he doesn't attack women he doesn't attack kids he doesn't attack just random strangers he's provoked in every movie and then responds to that provocation that's so fascinating and i can see how that would be attractive but john wayne he was like cold Hmm. you know and that's not what we want either right oh yeah how do you teach them yes and John Wayne yes and there's this other thing and like what's that other thing that's not feminine and what got so basically what I've been showing is what got me Mm. was the understanding that you can be like a truly masculine true man has full awareness of his emotions and is constantly expanding that knowledge so again we're back to bringing that magician magician in of gain knowledge, find female coaches, find male coaches, except that I do not know anything. And what that is, is still a lot. Mm. And so it's just that constantly bringing in new information, new perspectives, realizing that mine, my absolutes are only based on my experience. So the minute my experience changes, my absolutes change. Mm. And so that has caused like, so when I spend that to the, with the young men, it's one of those, it's like, cool. If you know what you're feeling, you can go deeper with every person. Mm. And, uh, it's a little difficult over the zoom. That being said, when you sit there and you make eye contact and you match breath and then the world goes away, that's being there on the part that John Wayne and the broken John Wick uh, could never do. Yeah. Because they didn't trust themselves to show what was coming out. Number one, this is something that even in our brief, you know, Zoom encounter, I have felt from you and it's been so grounding for me. So I thank you for your breath and like your calm. Number two, I have been doing a lot of research around how indigenous cultures lived, how this harmony was brought up, how it was sustained for so long. And in the West, the past few centuries, however long, it hasn't. And my big resounding question in my mind has been like, what the hell happened? What the hell happened? And I think a lot of people deep down are like wondering. And when you said trust, they don't trust themselves. It brings me back to me now diving into the what the hell happened. I ordered these books from this woman, Mariha. She's this Lithuanian historian who I'm about to dive into. But the thesis is something like 20,000 years ago, there were these two massive floods that like wiped out everything. 
again, I don't have details yet, but I just have this general thing so far. The men and the women in these societies were living in full harmony. And then obviously when you live in full harmony, you live in full harmony with nature and you trust her to provide for you. And then when there was this massive flood that killed their villages, killed their families, killed everything they loved and treasured, she says they lost trust for her. And so they lost trust for themselves. And then the wolf pack mentality started. Us, them, out of this masculine desire to protect those you love. So they, I have goosebumps because I think it's true. That's what happened. The men out of love stopped trusting. And so they cut off themselves from her and from the her within. And the theme of trust just resounds so big that when a man doesn't trust himself, no one else will trust him. No, I haven't heard that theory yet. Uh, I like that. It goes much further back. I mean, I agree. I mean, there is something to be said. If you don't trust your own emotional experience, so you're her, and just you're just afraid of it, your warrior will protect you from that as well. Mm. And so um, the theory that I have been running with prior to you talking about that one, I'm blowing my brain up a little bit, is... Um, uh, industrialization so there's a lot of anthropological things that say like uh the industrial revolution took men from the home and put them in a building so that the son no longer got someone to model and they just got a worn out version of dad so they become pissed at dad without being able to voice that and there's more to that one and there's even uh, a theory that goes further back and i i would love to give credit to credit who's due but i do not remember it's when we started this country, they brought over their elders because we've had elders in every every community ever. And they didn't make the boat trip. So the boat captains who returned to the old countries said, don't give us your elders. They can't survive the journey. Give us your young, give us your vibrant, give us your strong. Mm -hmm. So we have the first time in history, we have a culture that's created by men who were initiated that don't know the rights men who were initiated, but don't understand and yet don't understand that next step because they've always had elders there. So they didn't understand that elders are more than just getting old. There was no elders there to hold them and say, Hey, now you are reaching an age. Here's how you transition into elderhood. Here's how you do. Here's how you trust self because you are now responsible for the next generations that you will never be received. Mm. And so when that action died, when that cycle ended, we had men the same way. And I love the military and yet it is the same way. You have a young man teaching young boys how to be young men. Mm -mm. And if you look at our society, there's so much truth in this where are very young and are very old, we dismiss. Yeah. Because what would a teenager, like what does a teenager or a 20 something or a 30 something do? They focus on do, do, do. And then when you're no longer productive in that doing mentality, we don't know what to do with you. So before you can produce and after you can't produce, we don't know what to do with you. And they're like, oh, you could be a child again. 
but be on retirement. You could be a child again. Mm. Just discard you and send you off because there's no trust and that that person's wisdom can help because it's not selfish. It's to be an elder is to give your wisdom to those after you, knowing full well that what you do, you will not see the benefits of. Yeah. Everything you just said, absolutely. Like to become that final stage of manhood, which is a sage, is very profound. And absolutely, the Industrial Revolution, it all kind of comes back to this desire to manipulate or control because I'm scared I won't have enough. And it's so true because you're right. If you think about it, it's like there's this energy in the United States of like, or it's been this way, I'm just waiting till I retire so I can relax. It's such a weird, twisted way of looking at life. You produce, produce, produce for, and provide and fulfill that purpose. And then it's gone. Your kids are gone. Your marriage, your marriage ends because the kids are gone. You guys are done holding that up for each other, pretending. And you're retired. You have no purpose, no direction, no gut, and just chaos happens. And it's like, okay, what do you do with that chaos? It's like, how do you think we survive for hundreds of thousands of years and so many generations without the, with there being chaos the minute you stop producing? Yeah, that makes sense. The, where we are seeing men's health right now, where we're seeing um, young men, where we're seeing our women where we're seeing our laws, it screams that there is a, there is boys in charge. Mm. Boys who are like, I have to have everything. Cause if I don't have anything, I won't have it. Versus I don't need everything. I need to know that this will be there for the next seven generations. Wow. And that's the game changer. When you had actual elders making decisions, man or woman. Yeah. It was a, what can we do to make sure this lasts? Not, what do I need? To, I will be happy if I have, like, because that's a very boy mentality. A boy whose needs have not been met. Right. What you just said is so spot on. Boys are running this country <laughs> and many countries, not men. Wow. I just have to like process that for a moment because <laughs> it's quite true. In this moment, it, I think it's important to say, and so let's help the boys, right? Not boys are running this country, they're awful, but like let's help the boys, like the actual boys of the of now. And that's exactly what you're doing. There's again, like I said, I love history, I love anthropology, and I've had some amazing people in my life. Speaking of, I have some amazing elders. Um, and so that ability to show that there's another option as people like Dr. Dewey Freeman have done for me, um, like GS Youngblood, things like that, to show that they're, you know, and, uh, obviously Trey Verbone yes. and, uh, you know, and make sure you got to put them in there. Yes, uh, we can talk about Traver for a moment because I just love everything he does. I've resonated mm -hmm. with everything he says from the moment I discovered him and I guess from his, that Ted talk, the famous Ted talk that he did. And I just think it's so spot on because I love men as men. I don't need men to be female. I don't need men to be in their 
magician only. I, I love when men are men and he just embodies that. And I think men need to know that and hear that. Oh yeah. It's, there's something, um, as a Marine as the boys club and doing the whole night, the whole night, there was something jarring about a man that's just like, come here, man, we hug you. Like, let's talk. Like what's <laughs> really going on? Like, do you want to talk about it? And you're like, kind of now like shit, like, <laughs> you know, and he's like, we're going to do some like meeting him in person first time and stuff and like hugging and all that. And then like getting into like the workshop, um, he hosted a initiation, like a four day thing for men and like having him, one of the very first things we did with all the other men was just practice hearing them without, like, without accepting or anything, like just showing them we trust them. Mm. And like, that was like one of those first things he's like, all right, let's contain, like create this contain. Mm. And you're just like, we were just talking about deadlifts like a half a second ago. Mm. Half of you are high level belts in jujitsu talking about MMA fights and this and that. And we are over here now doing trust you nonverbal eye, eyes and breathing exercises. Mm. This just hits home. Why trust is so important. Like I think men crave trust. If I was to pinpoint the one thing that men crave self-trust, trust from others. And it seems like all of the work, all of the stuff is all in this grand noble effort to gain trust. I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. It's because that's the foundation of brotherhood. Mm. That's the foundation of connection is having that building trust with someone to build that intimacy. Yeah. It's, it was quite even like, if you think about the little nuances and where I hear that, and I, I try to tap into what people mean when they say things, I just had a chiropractor appointment today. And I said, thank you for your work. You're, you're wonderful. And he said, thank you for trusting me. It means a lot. And I was like, wow, well, that's what matters to him. Absolutely. And so, like you said, it's, it's trust is so important. How do you, how do you build that trust or create people that are willing to even open that kind of trust mm. before they get so scared that they go to habits? Mm. Again, Traver, love him to death and his 1 million men mission. I am a part of that. I am pushing that every day. And there are some men that are in their pattern. And I fully believe that there are some men that we will just have to outlift. Mm -hmm. Uh, will not change them, nor am I ever going to change anyone. Yeah. So it's like, okay, cool. Like I will continue to live and you will either outlive you or you will want to change yourself. Mm. However, you have a, you have a large amount of young men who are craving something. Yeah. They're just sitting there like, there has got to be something. Men like Andrew Tate exist because young men are craving something. Yeah. And yeah. if I went in there and walked in full magician, because this is literally how some of my one-on-one -on -one calls came to just justify the program is the kids like, I don't want to be part of some sad boy club. <laughs> like if I came in there, I hear that. This was like, all right, guys, affirmations and warm feelings. We can just positive all of this mm. instead of being like, okay, cool. That sucks. What are you doing about it? I love it. Yeah. And that's that going backwards of being that um, 
tribe survived because it wasn't the, the, the father that wasn't the sole responsible for raising his son. He had uncles. And the difference to me of a father and an uncle and why I step up the way that I do is a father and a mother at the end of the day will do whatever they can to protect you from harm. I know as the uncle that harm's going to come. So I'm going to be there to make sure that you know that someone's got your back while you risk it anyway. And you're going to get hurt. Yeah. You're going to get hurt. Yeah. I will be there going, well, what'd you learn? And I will help mm. pick you up. I'll stop them. Like I will stop them from going somewhere that's going to cause them death. However, a broken arm and a great lesson is just life. Love it. I feel that, you know, a really clear little analogy is when little girls see a puddle, they realize it's going to be wet and they maybe gently step into it or hop over it. A little boy doesn't even realize, but he doesn't understand that he has stepped in a puddle until he's already all wet, right? That's like that, those urges, those like that testosterone, that aggression, I think it's really profound. And I think these are the tools in the toolbox of young boys that are meant to be used often to build these skills. And so I, I find it really heartbreaking when parents or moms especially are like, sit down, shut up. Why can't you be more like your sister? Be quiet. Don't move. Oh my God, we're caging in boys. And then we wonder why things go wrong. Like the Traver quote, right? Things that don't come out. Wait, what is it? That which you suppress comes out sideways. Yep. Comes out sideways. Yep. Yeah. That's what I see all over the place. So how do we inspire parents to think about their boys differently and what they need? One is being open to outside perspectives that go against what they learn. And, uh, before I hit on that one, the, I guess the more important one really is to give themselves grace that as a mom, they are trying to create the man that they desire, like what they desire about a man. And they're skipping the steps of how to get there. They just want that version now. As you said, there was something about sitting across from me on this thing. It's very grounding and very centering and very slow like smooth about it. So selling a young boy to sit in a chair, be quiet, be seen, be felt, sounds like the way to get to that grounding. Not realizing I had to go rage, go run into, like I, I went and played in gunfire. I legitimately raged, bar fights, fighting chaos, whatever, and exposed myself to challenge amongst peers and challenge amongst higher to find myself and realize where I fit in that line to know that I could sit here as controlled fire because I know what it feels like to go all the way to burn. And I know what it feels like to go all the way to almost extinguish. Mm. So you have to know yourself. Um, there was a conversation had recently where too many logs snuff out the fire, not enough logs, the fire will die. So how do you know those two things? They're not quantitative. They're not, Hey, it's gotta be three. The number seven, you know, it's 
stuff it on there, create a bonfire, go, ooh, oops. And then it's on the other end, it's like, oh, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. You're about to go out, put some more stuff on there. Right. So having someone, having those uncles that say, hey, no, you've got more in the tank, push. Having that coach that says, no, no, another mile, go, push. Mm. Teach you that limit. Mm. This is what real pain is. This is what pass out is. This is what real breaking your heart is. Mm. Like that uncle that says, yeah, ask the girl out. Knowing full well that uncles watch that girl on her phone talking to someone else. Yeah. Go ask her out, bro. You got that. Because when he comes back, just like, okay, cool. Did you die? No. All right, cool. Ask her out. Next. So it's, it's all inclusive in that knowing you need to know what's too much, what's not enough. And like the Icarus, you need to know that too much, not enough. And having guides is different than having parents who say, well, too much, he could die. Not enough. He could die. That's right. outside of what I trust. Right. What I feel safe with. It's almost like we're now at this point where like, okay, yes, 97.7% of us have trauma with one or the other, or both of our parents. Fine. Now it's time to like, take ownership of what we want and figure out how to get there. And with men specifically, it's about those elder men teaching those younger men, like you talk about and letting them splash in the puddle before they even realize they're wet. And all of those things I think is quite profound and interesting because, you know, when you think about the masculine and the feminine, the feminine is feeling intuition, understanding. And then the masculine is like exploration, trial and error, like everything. It's almost like the feminine connects to the cosmos and the masculine is right here, right now. You know, there's really nothing like when a man does something and a woman notices that he does it. And she's just like, man, that was really awesome. What you just did. I think it makes his whole day. Oh, it does. <laughs> We go, to, we go tell each other about it. I'm 100% on We go tell each other about it. Yeah, that's so cool. And I would even, so I would even take it and say like, okay, so like, what do we do next? That step is right there. Like, you know, who do we want to be? What are we building for men? It's what are we building? And it makes perfect sense why if you're a boy and a young man who has always had an innate knowledge of masculine and is so curious about how to translate the feminine into him, he sees the end result. He sees a mom who understands her feelings or is at least aware of them because your emotional intelligence is far higher than ours just culturally in general. Um, your friends talk a lot deeper, like I'm saying, yep. normative, like you're, as women, they're taught to find friends and have a conversation, whereas boys are taught to find friends and have a thing to do. You have a sport totally. with them. So there is that, uh, you know, so that's that letting him do it and then having someone next to him with the emotional intelligence that says that pain right there, that's heartbreak. That pain right there, that's ego death. That's high right there, that's joy. So like, here's the book or here's the bloody nose. The bloody nose is going to teach you way more the name because it's experience and it's feeling it in your body, mm. what that pain feels like. 
versus here is Brene Brown teaches you all the language. Absolutely incredible. If you haven't experienced the example she gives, it doesn't make sense. Mm. As a guy, as myself, anyway. And she gives examples and I don't get it. I'm like, ah, and I have to go like find my own examples to say, oh, that's what that feeling is. Oh, gosh. Because when you look at little boys, they're just as emotive as girls are. They're so interested in connection and feeling and moving and they're in their bodies and we cut them. We cut them off from expanding all of those things. And so, again, society, we just have such a knack for killing the gray area, killing the nuance and making life this, you know, binary thing, white or black, asshole or nice guy, Madonna or whore. We don't understand that we can cultivate a young boy into a grounded warrior and a wise man that understands his feelings. Like we can do that. Yeah. And right there is the answer too. It's as we talked about earlier, when you grow, when you become, when you become a boy in a man's body and you're making decisions for the world, you rely solely on your warrior, on your, on what you know. And you're going to go, this is a logic-based decision. I can make logical rules, logical steps. Look at our, our school system. Look at our laws. Look at our, <laughs> I always love using this example. Look at our highways. The on-ramp and off-ramp are designed by a computer that says, if all things stay as a one and zero, this is the most efficient way to get on and off the highway and go. At no time ever in the history of man have we been able to navigate a on and off ramps for a highway without the people in the left lane slowing down because they see traffic and they get concerned. And what is all those things that are happening? Emotions. So we are emotion-based creatures that have somehow lied to ourselves and said we make logical decisions. When instead we make an emotional decision and backfill it with logic because our warrior is telling us that it's safer to use logic than trust those feelings that we don't understand. Because to open that door is to open and see all of those boxes of emotions that we've been burying and start going through those boxes. And that's fucking terrifying. Yeah, that closet or whatever metaphor you use, I used it when I did my PTSD therapy. That closet of emotions that you bury in there, because emotions will get you killed. Emotions will get your brothers killed. Hesitation happens from emotion. That bearing, whatever Marvel man, whatever you want to use, that lesson taught, bury your emotions, stay in your warrior. To admit that you have emotions is to open that door. Just taking it all in, because it's like sparking so much in me that I want to say a few things. Number one, let's design elementary schools for little people that are going to become industry, like factory workers, right? Like we're only thinking about what's happening right now. So we're going to design a system that's going to help us for now. And I think what the next thing I want to say is, and it's so beautiful how you can do that so well. I think what we're missing in our culture in this moment, because we're just saying all the shit the masculine did was bad, right? 
So what I'm here to say is it's so beautiful that you can build these systems. It's so beautiful that you can make a highway happen in a weekend. <laughs> it's so beautiful that you have this capacity for doing that no feminine being has. It's so beautiful that you're the only ones that are willing to work crane operator jobs. So if I say that instead of the opposite, then my intention is to say, I love you in that. And also, what about 300 years from now? And also, what about your vision? And also, what about this other side of you that as the feminine, I can help you bring out. Oh yeah, and that feels amazing because that's the difference too. Um, I guess where I come from, it does feel good. Uh, where I come from too, the other side of it is what world do we have to live in that says you can only feel that the minute you meet your person. Mm. And so it's, What's stopping you from this? Like, what's stopping you and your brothers from having that connection? It's not romantic. It is you fully being seen fully by your brother. And I'll tell you, it might not have been the most enlightened version. <laughs> My Marine Corps brothers know every fucking detail about me because we were stuck for long periods of time with each other. And that was it. I'll tell you what, though. It was hard to go near normal family afterwards. Yeah. Because they'd be like, well, we're family, we're blood. And you're yeah. like, that man calls me, and there are men to this day, they call me, I am going to stop what I'm doing. Because that man, you know, like I know him, he knows me. And that's just an absolute difference. And then I found out that they only knew me as deep as I knew myself. And then I found a whole nother level. Traver talks about it because he went to his first workshop and he was like, holy shit, guys, do you know you have left arms? I didn't know I had a left arm. <laughs> I can do so much more things with two hands. This is amazing. I say it's like, it's like finding out that math existed. I've been just holding things, like just grabbing handfuls and putting it in there. Now I know math exists. And like now I know like I can add things together and make more things. It's finding out like there's a whole nother part of you that you didn't know existed because you buried it so deep and then boom, go. And the counter of that is, is you put all of that on your partner. If you believe for a minute that it only gets to happen with a feminine creature. It's like, well, who better to learn to like open that door with than another dude that's already opened that door that's holding your shoulder and saying, let's go. Like, this is going to be scary. This is going to suck. And I've done it myself. Wow. This to me, here's a great analogy. It's like, we've been in our dismissal of boys and men. We've almost been holding both of their arms down. And Andrew Tate is like, I can show you how to like throw the, the fastest, best, shot, whatever sports analogy you want to use with your right hand. I can help you feel like your right hand is everything, still ignoring the left hand. So there's this opportunity 
to show boys, to ask boys, to ask parents that are listening to this right now, like, what would it be like for your boys to be fully known and understood and have full capacity of both their arms, right? And that's what men's work is all about. Absolutely. It's that option of like, you're given a high performance vehicle in your form. Mm. You're only taught how to use it in first gear. When someone comes around and shows you um, like the red pill movement, I, I, I get how they got here. Same. Which is different than my opinion of them. Yep. And I'll say it. I fucking don't like them. Not them as individuals. I don't like the message and the belief that we have to consistently be in that pain and in that sadness and project, project, project in order to be, uh, in order to show how amazing we are. It's that alpha male bullshit of like, I am alpha. Don't hug me. <laughs> like, oh man. So that, you know, like that's just, I, it's, that's, that's my draw line in the sand. I'll take whatever hate comes from it. Um, my, my ego can handle it. That, uh, that being said, the next step is in which the step that a lot haven't had the opportunity to, and what is an absolute game changer now is there are men out there like Traver, Michael Gay, Dewey mm-hmm. Freeman, Connor Beaton, mm-hmm. Jetty Azuma flying by in fifth gear. Yeah. And like the rest of us are just like, oh. yes. Now that I know that it exists, the rest of my days, I want that. Like, and that's all it is. It's not force. It's not, yeah. they don't come up and say, put your hand here and slam it back here. And that's how you get there. No, no, no. They're like, hey, I'm in fifth, fifth gear. You want to know how? Yeah. That's what we're doing with the younger generation. Just I showing them that it's possible. It's huge. I mean, when you said all of those names, like I myself have been thinking all of those names in many ways specific to the only like mature masculine role models that I have been able to think of have been fictitious. Yeah. So like my two favorites are Rob Roy. Remember that movie with Liam Neeson? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis's character from Last of the Mohicans. The point is, is like, I haven't really been able to come up with a real person. Yeah. <laughs> so that they can replace the Andrew Tate bullshit going on in the, in the minds of boys. And so when you brought all those names up, I think it's a really great moment to be able to just lift them up and support. I was going to tell you afterwards anyway, um, I might as well put it on here. Like guys that I look up to on a regular basis right now, um, is my brother, Matt Halson. Um, he is an Australian dad who has a little small army right now, and he's building it as they speak. Uh, him and his partner, him and um, his, uh, him and M have this little tribe. They're constantly stepping out of the norms in Australia, of the norms in their own family and fighting that problem. And then he's also full-time electrician working in the refineries and stuff while building a coaching practice and getting on Instagram and saying, Hey, write love letters to your wives. Yeah. I mean, just full greasy blue collar man saying, Hey, 
when was the last time you told your wife how amazing she is? Like not because you wanted her to throw you some sex, mm. just because she's amazing. Yeah. And he's like, and then, you know, or go kiss your kids or be scared for your kids' future or do go do breath work. Like it's jarring the same way with Traver and the same, like, and he is like absolute, like, this is a man who is just doing the every day and is like sitting there, goes to the work and bangs beats chest and bangs it out with the dudes and then comes home and just absolutely turns it off. It goes right hundred percent of the kids. Yeah. There is amazing men right now yeah. out there being incredible role models and it's time. Thanks to the internet. Like I know people have a lot of hate when it comes to the government and had a lot of hate when it comes to the internet and all that stuff. All of these things are just tools and they're exempt. They're uh, reflections of what we put out there. So like, if you look for it online, you're seeing a lot more men step up and say, this is not how I will be remembered. This is not how I will choose to teach my family. And they are changing that dynamic and that paradigm to the uncivilized or rising man or sacred sons or mankind project. Yep. Um, or even, I don't know if you can see it. Uh, my shirt, which says shift happens. <laughs> I love that. Is, yeah, it's and it's from a it's from Boulder Crest. Um, yeah. They are they do Warrior Path. They teach veterans how to go from post traumatic growth into or post traumatic stress to post traumatic growth, and say, look, everything the military taught you, we're going to use that to go be leaders in the world because the world needs leaders. Mm. And so now take that leadership with growth. What you're speaking on right now is this 360 comprehensive understanding of manhood mm. and how possible everything is. And my big motto I've been saying lately is like, we just, we oversimplify men and we overcomplicate women. Let's stop. Men are complex people with multifaceted awareness and interest and opportunity for for everything just like women are and what you know i think it's so cool to hear you talk about other opportunity this like what's possible with this like big and not like you have to throw away what the marines were or men ha listening have to like throw away being an electrician or being a lawyer or be whatever day job whatever everyday thing that you do is that will only support you in this like opportunity to open the other facets. So all that to say, I jumbled my words there, but all that to say, you get what I mean. Yeah, no, there's, there's something so profound about seeing men refuse to remove titles and at the same instance, refuse to be subject to that title's limitations. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I make the joke all the time when people are like, oh, you're, it's because of your stars or it's because of your, your anagram thing, you know, your personality test says you're this kind of person and stuff. Mm. Those are fantastic tools. However, the minute you allow your brain and your ego to say you're that, or like I did, I'm a Marine and I can only be an angry vet. You yeah. stop taking an input that says that you could be anything else. Yeah. And so it's no longer perspectives. Yeah. It's, this is my truth. 
Yes. Cool. How'd you make it? Well, when I was five years old at a birthday party, and this is my truth, I made it this way. So you're allowing your five-year-old to make your decisions. Right. And it's almost like what we've done is we've thrown away the baby with the bathwater. This idea of like, there was one time we witnessed something mean and scary from a Marine. <laughs> and so all Marines, like all warriorhood is bad. And I'd say that is the birth of the subset of feminism that I don't, I don't agree with and I don't partake in, which I believe is right there with the red pill movement that you were talking about. It's just trauma-based hate is really what it is. I was hurt, so I'm going to be angry at the people that hurt me. And on the red pill side, the men are saying, I was hurt by a woman, so I'm going to be angry at them. Whereas the opportunity here is men helping men in their wholeness women helping women in their wholeness. And that's the fundamental principles of feminism, like true feminism. I am capable. I am vibrant. I have skills that the world could use. Like that's the basis of feminism. Like it's beautiful. And so for masculinism, it's the same. I am full. I'm whole I'm capable and I'm multifaceted. And I think there's an opportunity to help boys stop admiring or looking up to this like half man. It's a responsibility of those who currently, and that's, if you notice, I don't knock the men who are where they are. Yeah. It's very important that even the red pill guy has to go yeah. down his path. Yeah. I critique his judgment Yeah. in the sense of like the minute he steps out of his path and allows his influence to try to control someone else, we have issues. Um, which is also a part of the path, period, is men police each other. That's how crime, that's how crimes against women, crimes against children, crimes against men stop when other men stand up and say, no, sir, that's not how this goes. Come here. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Or let's figure this out. Yeah. Um, and so it's like that, uh, that's what the, for those the young men, that's is their opportunity because it's a responsibility of us currently who are questioning it, period. We're saying, hey, what's going on? As we figure out that answer, it's our responsibility to show that it can be done, that questions can be asked, that opinions can be changed, that absolute truths can be broken mm. as new information comes in. And as that idolizing the half man will continue the posturing of that is so obnoxious. It's it's the beautiful sports car. It's the money. It's all the things. And then all it takes is having someone say, hey, I know that looks attractive. Ask yourself what you think you're going to have that you don't already have when you get it. What will this get you? What are you looking for beneath this? What is beneath the sports car? <laughs> Tell me what you don't have now that you think you're going to get by having them. That's where it begins. I mean, I just love this. Woo! It, it just all kind of comes full circle to boys in those, in those very important ages, like seven, eight, 10, 12, 14, like they, their whole journey is to learn how to trust themselves because they're not ready yet to kind of commune with the feminine. They must awaken it in themselves first. 
so that later they can be of service and be in collaboration with women. And I think we bypass that by obviously men being missing in the lives of boys and the feminine being there taking over essentially. That's where the disconnect lies for me. It's it's like, that's why we need to focus on men and boys spending time together. Oh yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I was that, I was that best seen, best seen, not heard. I, I was that, oh, you have such great little, like me and my brother being the young, the young men in church when all of our similar ages would be downstairs playing. We were quiet, we were respectful, we were silent. Mm. There was consequences if you weren't. Yeah. So that being said, the we thought the best compliment you could receive was you're just like such young adults. You are just like little grown-ups right there. Like you're doing mm. a great job. Not catching that there needs to be the process to get there. And that's, that's why there's no anger in my book. There's no like real anger about it. There's no aggression towards these women, the teachers, the moms, the single moms, especially mm. that are like, I know what the end game I want. So I'm just trying to get to the end game. Totally. And it's like, Hey, cool. I'm just coming in saying, what if we try something different? Totally. And we can go a little bit further back and say, hey, this worked for this group of people. This worked for this group of people. Let's try our version of that. And it doesn't diminish you that you weren't taught it. Yes. It means that the person who taught you didn't get taught it either. That yeah. happens, you know? Yeah. Mm, I like that. You know, it's a very masculine moment for us all collectively as a society. Like, take the emotions out of it men being missing in the lives of boys doesn't work. Yeah. Doesn't work. So as women, it's like, we know it doesn't work. Let's admit it doesn't work. And let's start to honor, embrace, accept the support of teachers, coaches, uncles, you know, mentors. Let's get our boys into these spaces of brotherhood. And so, yeah, I guess one of my final questions, I love everything we've talked about. I feel like we've covered the warrior archetype, the magician archetype, how those two come together, the basis of men and their need for trust and how key that is, our systems, our structures. And my last question to you would be, people listening to this, hearing all this great information, understanding the importance of the warrior and the magician, what would be a first step for them like if they have a teen boy that they either have in their lives or they know, what would be a first step for them to try to support that boy? So I love that roundup and the question. There's so many things. It's like, oh, you want to do all these things. <laughs> um, so I asked, it's the first step would be what I asked the parents that I've already spoken to. It's bring curiosity to the situation. Like meet his meet whatever you find distasteful, whatever you're judging about him. Because if you say he needs to change, you're judging something about him. Now, I'm not saying you're wrong. If your son is never going to school <laughs> and he's fighting everyone he meets, you're like, man, he fights a lot. That's a judgment that doesn't, it's still a fact. You know, he's fighting a lot. 
So if you're noticing that, bring curiosity right there. And if that's the limit, if that very first question of what inspires, like, because the wise go thank you to an amazing man, Robert Wonderlich. I don't use wise um, often um, because it sends you down a rabbit hole of judgment. So it's like, what, where, how, and when. Hmm. And so it's like, what inspires this fight? What is he feeling when he's about to fight? Can he even describe where it's in his body? Can he describe what's going on? And if those questions, that initial curiosity makes, is uncomfortable to the parent, then come to me. I will introduce you to some amazing men and women, myself included, that'll have that conversation with you. Because if you can't be there, if that first question is uncomfortable with your son, he's modeling you. And guess what? <laughs> that means both of you have now a beautiful opportunity because you just saw your first blind spot. So he gets to see that if my mom and dad notice something, they can make, they're going to make a change. They're going to add curiosity, which encourages him to add curiosity to his own. Yeah. So my best to wrap that all up, the best <laughs> thing a parent can do for their kid is ask themselves, what about their son bothers them? And it's, or it ask their son curiosity, ask them questions and see if even talking themselves into that is, is, is comfortable because it's not comfortable to have that kind of conversation with your son. That's the work. That was like a two minute taste of what I know you provide for these young men that you coach and everyone that's listening. If you feel that, cause, because I felt it, it's just very grounded, understanding, accepting energy that we all need, but especially young boys need right now. And I think the work that you're doing is very profound. So everyone listening, if you want to get in touch with Mike, let us know where they can find you. So the easiest way right now to get in touch with me um, is Mike at manuncivilized.com. That's my email through the Uncivilized Nation. Uh, as far as they can ask me about brotherhood, they can ask me about sisterhood, they can ask me about getting there with their, their teens. Like I am here because this shit lights me up. My Instagram, as you said, is Mike Perspectives. It is absolutely a pun and play on words because I dig that. Uh, and so, like, yeah, you can grab me on Instagram at Mike's Perspectives. Um, I'm, I have time. I make time for calls. So that's important. I'm on the Uncivilized page. I help, like I said earlier, I help uh, initiate men into our online group every quarter. And I started this and I'm going to be pushing this youth program as well to continue and grow in this nation and include in-person events and stuff like that. So we can actually really tie into that father-son initiations and bringing uncles and letting men who don't have kids get to be uncles. Whew. If y'all were looking for a first step, I'd say that is it. I'm going to leave all of the links that Mike just shared down below the episode. I'd like all the teen boys I know to be, have access to you. So that sounds exciting. This has been a wonderful episode. I feel like I've learned so much and I've gained so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your perspectives. <laughs> and until next time, this is the Venus and Mars podcast.